0: Welcome back. We continue our discussions, as I said to you earlier on. Uh, this morning we focused a bit with the uh, guild president, UV St. Augustine, that's Ashwarya Maharaj president, on their views on what's going on with the protests with Vigata and how it's impacting on students. And now joining us as we continue that discussion, she's been with us before, and joining us again this morning, let's welcome, it's my pleasure to welcome back to our program, and principal of the St. Augustine campus, University of the West Indies, Professor Rosemary Bell Antoine. Good morning to you. It's nice to have you with us here this morning.
1: Good morning, good
0: morning. I'm a bit worse this morning, good morning. I, I'm so sorry to, to, to hear that. Um, I'll try to keep the conversation as brief as is possible, taking into consideration your challenges with speaking. Um, this, this morning, we are focusing a bit on what's going on. The Guild expressed its concerns as they have been doing, about the impact that the protest is having on them and their ability um, to, to carry on with the education, the the possibility of interruptions with exams and so on. Let's get from you from the administration's perspective. What has been happening with these discussions, and where are they at this point in time?
1: Well, you mean discussions with the union? Or yes.
0: Discuss? The, the discussions with Wigat in, in terms of um the salary increases, they've rejected the two percent offer they're protesting and now they've taken their protests to a different level, where the guild is saying that it's impacting on the delivery of the the, the curriculum and so on. Um, what has what has been going on? What has the administration been doing? Well, we
1: have had discussions, but the guild is the, the union is aware, I think they've said so publicly that the university is not the typical employer, normally it is. The employer makes an offer, sits down with the union in the collective bargaining process, and you come up with um, a solution. In this case, the university is in a unique position that the way it has been um, arranged is that it is the government that actually makes the decision, in effect, as to what can be paid to the union. This has always been paid to the workers. This is how it's always been with all of the campuses, the government determines that we want, we could pay X or Y
0: mm-hmm.
1: and because of the financial arrangements of the universities in terms of what fees, what fees students pay and what um, salaries we get. In effect, it has it gone through the system is that you have to go through CPU, the government CPO, so it is the government that that makes the offer and in the past and, and all over the region the governments honor whatever they offer um, in terms of salary increases and, and <clears throat> so it is the, the university itself is although it's the employer does not have this way, however. As you would have heard from the unions this time around, not only are they objecting to the offer that was given the remit, but the fact that the government is saying that they won't fund the increases, so we are in a bind. So, uh, because we cannot, the university itself has undergone, as you probably know, severe budget um, cuts over the last eight years or so. Mm. And of course we have not, been able to, we have not received the permission as yet to raise fees. You know, we have raised fees in 14 years, etc. so we do not have the money to give a salary increase. The salary increase depends on the government. So we're in that sort of catch-22 um, situation. We're in a very unusual situation. Right. And the union is aware of all of that. So um, that's where we are um, in terms of the discussion,
0: mm. the, the the clarification when it comes to the chain of the chain of command is in, is important, because in the public's opinion, uh, in the public's impression at this point in time, it it, it may be construed um, that it is the administration that is somehow the other um, frustrating the talks. But you made it abundantly clear for the public, and I'm glad that you did that. This is is generally outside of the hands of the UE administration and it falls squarely on the government of the day because that that has not necessarily been brought as openly as it should have been in these discussions. There are some who are still of the opinion um, yeah. and I'm glad that the clarification was made. I aware
1: that, that some thought so because actually union has been saying so all along.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We get unions, because we have more than one union, OWTU is also one of our unions. And they are very clear, they would have seen whatever correspondence. I am very transparent. Well, actually, it's not a matter of being transparent. Obviously, you have to um, give the information to the union. So they are fully aware of both what was offered. Um, if you recall, at one time, they were protesting to get a remit from government, from the CPO. So that alone should tell you how, how it works in terms of university. If we were a privately funded university, it'd be different. But University of the West Indies has always been, it was set up as an institution for the development of the region. And the agreement in terms of CARICOM and governments is that the governments fund the university. So, although we are independent, we have autonomy in all, most things. When it comes to funding and so on, it is really funded, it is supposed to be funded by the governments, That is the situation. So I wasn't aware that people thought that it was my administration that was mm-hmm. causing whatever it's, it's not as simple. It's a very unique. It's not as simple as all of that. So we are, I would say, almost a messenger, if you like. But the bottom line, if we had the money to pay the salary increases, we would be very pleased to, to give our um, staff very good salary increases because um, right now they are the bottom of the pile in terms of the region. The Trinidad employees are paid the least. It sounds a bit incredible given that we are, we are, I don't know if we still are the richest or one of the richest countries in the region, but we were for a long time. But yes, we have the lowest salaries and the, and the poorest benefits. And the, again, the staff knows that this is none of these things are secrets. Mm. So 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 on the one hand, we would we would want to ensure that our staff would be well paid. We would be if we had the money to give them a generous increase, we would we don't have the money to give any increases at all. We have to depend on the government and, you know, it's important that the staff is well paid, as you would appreciate, because again, you would have been hearing it's in the public domain, that um, we have lost a lot of our permanent staff or academic staff, mm. it's over It's so percent yep. yes, so that we, we don't want to see more staff leaving university. These are highly qualified, experienced people at the top of their field, we would want to keep our staff, you know, so it's one of those situations where a very difficult situation in that um, we, they haven't had an increase for, since
0: 2014. Mm. When we spoke to the Guild this morning, and it's been reported as well in the public domain, that uh, staff are withholding some of their services as, as a result of the protest. And there's the concern that this withholding of services can impact on, on exams and, and other elements um, of yeah. of what's taking place, do staff have the the authority to do that?
1: Well, I'm I'm a little surprised at that question because you know industrial action that is what industrial action is. Mm-hmm. You withhold labour, so I'm um, I'm not clear what what that question. Means. Yeah, it's the same point that I raised. And with you the... know you know that if you, you know there's something called industrial relations and industrial relations law and practice. We have industrial relations court, but it is there are some well-established principles in relation to um, a democracy and rights and things that employers should not or could not do if employees do, in fact, withhold labor. There are also, of course, restrictions on that, at least in Trinidad and Tobago. But in, in general, as a general principle. <laughs> that is part of the democratic process. So when you see if they, if you ask the question that way, it's a bit odd for me to answer because um, I don't know. For example, you cannot fire someone for going on a strike. Just hypothetically, mm. you know that is would be a breach um, of industrial relations practice, etc. That is part of the democratic system. Mm. That workers have the right to withhold labor, and, and there's something called in, industrial relations. But I'm, I'm not saying that. Obviously, it's at the point where negotiations break down. That's a Trinidad and tobacco. But in in general, to say if they ask me the way you ask me is a bit unusual. I'm not too clear how to clear out. Um know, every day all over the world, people withhold their labor. So. Mm. So it's not that I can tell people don't withhold labor. What you do, it's part of the process. You negotiate, you persuade, you attempt to resolve issues, etc. And there will there, there will be a point at which other decisions may have to be made. But in general, that's the system we live in.
0: Yeah, I I understand that, and I I, I made the, the comparison that when taxi drivers protest. You know, they withhold their services and the people who pay the price are the commuters because that's all taxi drivers have. As they're in their arsenal to withhold their services, which is what the teachers are doing. All um,
1: right, oh, right, no, right. exactly. But, not just the Tobago, all over the world. Okay, but here's the as flip side a
0: fact, here's, here's, the flip, here's the flip flip side to the situation. The flip side to the situation is that people pay to come to UI. There are fees. So and when people pay their fees to come to UE it is expected that a certain course of action is going to take place in terms of their education that's what they're paying for but when that is this when the delivery of that service, which is what it is the, the the delivery of the service of of the education system which they are paying for they're paying fees for, is disrupted. who's to be held accountable
1: well Obviously, it is the employer that is always accountable. That is why it is done. Mm-hmm. That is why right now, um, or I don't know if it's just recently stopped, but the university um, lectures and so on in the UK was for quite a long time. Um, right now, universe, not university, doctors in England are on strike, et cetera, junior doctors. The, the, the intention is to hurt the employer. That's the intention. The intention is they will be able to force the employer into a particular um, mm-hmm. position. Obviously, that is the intention. So it is the employer that is always responsible. It is the employer that loses money. Let us say if you're in a private enterprise and your workers don't work, etc., you may lose money because of lack of productivity, as it whatever it is. So it's it's not a question of. I pay my fees and it's not just a question of this is the only situation where somebody is being ne- negatively impacted. The purpose is to negatively impact the employer. I mean, I I think we have gotten to a point where we've forgotten what um, industrial action and so on is. It, it sounds incredible, but mm. perhaps that is what? what has happened. But that is that is the nature of it.
0: What is the impact? And,
1: and workers will not take industrial action and it is industrial action or oh, they wouldn't go on when they tell you go slow because teachers are not supposed to strike let's say they you, you will find they find another way they say go slow so we're not going to do anything voluntarily as this intention is to force a position to hurt the employer so that they can make it do something different that's it, that's yes. the intention
0: what has been the impact on it's the student that- population I'm sorry, what has been the impact by these protests or withholding of services or work to rule or all of the other things? What has been the impact on the student population?
1: Well I think the students told you, um, I haven't told your um, your interviews, but I think they obviously they, they talked about their graduation the library is only opening in, let's say eight to four, eight to four, 30 as the case may be. So, persons are not doing things like overtime, etc. And then the exams one would be that some persons have, are not submitting their exam papers on time. So, they have done the exam papers, but they have said that they will not submit it on time. So, that is, that is the, um, what it does for um, so far, what WIGAT has done. So and now, other uh, things to which students may not be so aware of, as so, but are still impacting university, would be that lectures would not come to certain meetings or certain administrative committees, which incidentally is very hurtful to us, because you know one of the things we don't realize is that uh, a university is a place that is run almost voluntarily pro bono by lecturers who give up their time to sit on various committees, various boards, various, um, even, even when the public asks us to do things or the government asks us to do things, to make recommendations, to be on committees, all of these things we lecturers do as a sort of extra, if you like, because mm-hmm. these are not paid activities. So if they determine where well, we're not going to do any of these things, um, which they have. It does have a a deep impact on the university. So it's actually not just the students, but clearly um, the bulk of it would be on the students in in terms of. I know they would seem to be very upset that just did not go to their graduation, let us see. So these are things that, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I I know that you're not feeling well, I can hear it in your voice. Uh, I I don't want to stretch the interview on much longer to to strain you anymore, but um, how long can this situation continue? I know that you've said... I am
1: hoping it it will, thankfully it hasn't gone on too long as yet, Um, well too long for me, but I suppose in the scheme of things it's, it's not been that long because they had been, they had different stages, but I am hoping. I'm still in talks, I'm still in discussions with the government. So I am hoping that very soon next week or so that we can resolve it, um, there, there will have to be a solution because obviously the future of the university is at stake. Mm-hmm. I explained the situation to, do, to, to you and um, I, I I don't think it's realistic that our, our, our staff can get no degrees at all. Mm-hmm. The situation if, if, if you brought it to its logical conclusion. I think the university is too important for mm. that to happen. I don't think anybody wants the university to crash and burn or to fail. We have done very very well in the past and I, I think there's goodwill, I'm hoping there's goodwill all around so it's a question of just trying to sort of work out the best way forward but it would be the worst possible way if people were to just leave, because as I said, we've been having a lot of people leaving anyway, but if, not just that, but university to, to keep going downward in terms of what is a financial crisis mm-hmm. at the moment. So there are some big, big questions quite apart from what got is doing that keeps me up at night um, in terms of the future of the university. It's not just a question of what will happen next week.
0: Yeah, and I know in that...
1: That exams, yeah. I know There's that some big...
0: you you you've explained in, in 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 a very clear manner how much your hands are tied in a situation like this, and that's that probably adds to your sleepless nights because it's not a situation yes. where you can <laughs> you can actually resolve the matter yourself. You're a sitting duck yeah. in this entire yeah. thing. It
1: is. Uh, you're, you're, that's a good way. And the thing is that I I am very empathetic both to my students. I mean and. I think my lectures, I was one until long ago. We do love our students, we do go out of the way. In fact, some of them said that that's why they wanted them at, lec- at um, graduation. So it's very painful to see my students stressed, although I'm confident that they will not suffer um, permanently. I-, I hope they understand that we- they- there will be a solution, um, but-, but nevertheless, I understand the stress. But I am also very, very... Um, I also care a lot about my staff, in fact, that's one of the things about my administration that I wanted to, to emphasize, you know, good relations between staff and management. And mm. so. It is a very difficult period for me because I'm sort of caught in the middle, but then again, that's part of the terrain, not yeah. so. It is so
0: definitely I- Leadership, leadership by no means is smooth sailing and we can see that all exactly. around. So um, I'm, I'm going to end the interview now because um, I, I understand your challenges and I don't want to stress you too much. I want to thank you for still doing the interview, even though you're in such, such a challenging situation with your voice and everything else. And um, we will speak to you again to find out how things go and whether or not a resolution can be reached, um, as you're suggesting, probably next week or as soon as is possible. Professor, thank you so much for being with us here this morning. Always my pleasure thank speaking you. with you. All the best. And that of course, ladies and gentlemen, Professor Rosemary Bell-Antoine, principal of the St. Augustine campus, UE St. Augustine. Definitely under the weather. Kudos to her for still doing the interview. Couple of messages to take us up to news. Stay with us.